It's a catch-22 this morning. We want to be meditating on the words, but as I meditated on those words this morning, it's uh, very powerful. And uh, doing well to keeping things together here, but I think on that phrase, um, just the time I need him, he's always near. It's so true. Well, we need to, and hopefully we've been preparing our hearts for worship, and that is good because this morning we're going to be talking about preparing for worship and how we do that. And I hope that as we have gone through this series so far, some very uh, basic things have um, presented themselves, have been proclaimed to you. One is that I hope we all understand that worship is one of God's central commands in Scripture. hope nobody is uh, even wanting to argue that this morning. And, and that God wants us to do that very important thing according to his commands. And we've seen those even in the Ten Commandments. The first two are very clear. And principles and following what pleases God the most rather than what pleases us the most. And the beauty of this, folks, is that when we focus on pleasing God, we experience more joy. One of the follies or one of the missed aspects of modern worship today is when folks work focus on pleasing only themselves, they really miss out on so much joy that God has for them. And that comes from doing it his way. And God's word is, is clear in that. And so as we've looked at these very, or the, these important principles of worship, um, I know that last week we were going to talk about this, and even now I've had an extra week to think on these things. I will warn you uh, that this is one of those messages that I need to put a conviction alert on because it's going to hit all of us. I've had two weeks now to focus on this and be convicted, so it's time for everybody else to, to hear these words as well. The very practical aspects of what it means to be preparing ourselves for worship. Folks, God is serious, right, about how we worship, and he, he's serious enough, as we're going to see in our passage this morning, he even expects that we'll be prepared beforehand. Worship shouldn't start as we get together this morning, but we should be preparing ourselves long before we ever get here to this worship service. And we're going to go to what kind of may, some may consider an obscure passage within, some may think of as an obscure book. And I hope that's not the case. I hope that you have read through this book. It may be difficult understanding, but when you have correct understanding from the book of Ecclesiastes, it's actually a wonderful book written to help us know, even in dark times today, the most important things that we need to focus on throughout all that we have in life and the choices we make to fear God and worship him forever. And so in Ecclesiastes chapter five, we're just going to be looking at a few verses this morning. We are going to find described the expectation of preparation that readies us to worship in an appropriate manner. I knew of a family who um, had young children at the time and uh, worshiping God, being at church, 
serving God was a priority. Uh, they were heavily involved in ministry at this time. This was a while back when the bus ministries were in full swing, um, quite a while back. And they were very much involved, very much involved in, in their church ministry. But there got to be a time where things happened in their family and they just kind of let um, service to God and service in the local church body kind of drop in priority. And they got distracted by many other things as their children were growing older. Um, they continued to let other distractions, things in their lives, and um, honestly, the things of the world, too, to get too much of a foothold in their lives to the point where on Saturday it was filled with busyness and activity for this particular family. And you can probably relate, if not yourselves, uh, with folks that you know, because this is a common problem. Then Saturday was a evening was a time of relaxation, and they would watch not just one, but maybe even two movies sometimes, stay up really late. Then uh, next morning, get up and miss the alarms because everybody's so tired because they stayed up too late, trying to get together um, everything for church. And everything then was, was chaos as the parents are trying to get the kids up and the kids are dragging and, you know, they finally head out the door, all the, the dishes dirty hanging around on the table or, you know, the kids still have toothpaste hanging out, you know, dripping out of their mouths. Um, everybody's kind of in, not in the best state, ties are crooked and, and everything else. And church was a ways away for them. And they finally, they would on a regular basis be late for church try to make it for Sunday school. Most of the time, if they were lucky, they made it to Sunday school, sometimes even late for the morning service. And as they continued to worship God, it became apparent that what had been a priority for them had lost its sense of importance. And now they were just going through the motions and it, they found it hard, this particular family, um, in reflection late, later on. It was really hard to worship under those circumstances. Folks, God deserves better worship than that. He deserves better worship than what we provide him so many times. And so we need to be prepared for this. How do we do that? This is a challenge for all of us. As we get into this, we're going to find this affects every one of us. We're all challenged. I've been challenged again as I've been looking through this and even instituted some things with our family recently to just help Lord. Um, help us to be more prepared. And that's really what I'm trying to say here at the beginning. We need to seek his help. We can't prepare effectively without asking God for his help in this. Success in worship, if we're going to succeed in this as individual families and as a corporate church, we have to be prepared for it. So preparing for worship, let's look at the first three verses and then pray here. Guard your steps, or some may versions say, keep your foot when you go to the house of God. Do, to draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. Father, as we look on these 
really basic principles today and probably a passage that many of us had not considered before, but that makes it clear we need to be prepared before we ever get to this worship service to have success in thinking and meditating on you. Lord, we all hear assent that it is hard and, and we need your help to be able to prepare for it. And so we ask for that, not just today, but on a weekly basis. Let us be asking you, even as we get closer to the day, help us to be prepared to seek your help, to worship you, to prepare to worship you in our thoughts and hearts um, as you desire that we should. And give us success in this. One day, Lord, we will be fully successful when Jesus returns. But help us to be practiced before that. And enjoy our worship together as we please you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, preparing for worship means we need to be prepared even before corporate worship as we meet together. And verse 1 is very clear on that. That we need to prepare our hearts even before the service. Now that first verse there, guard your steps, or I think the King James says, keep your foot. Don't misunderstand what Solomon, Solomon is writing here. Now he's referring to worship at the temple, but where is the house of God today? Well, ultimately it's within the individuals of the church, of the, of the individuals that make up the church, but we also refer to our local places of worship as the house of God. This is not referring to in any way that we are carefully walking and keeping our step as we walk in the doorway, especially as the winter weather gets here. We all know what it's like to be careful, the iciness, the icy patches and things in different places where we can trip. Certainly in a building like this, where there's always concern. So it is important, by the way, to be careful. We don't want anybody to get hurt as they're coming in the doorway. That would be awful. But that's not what Solomon's saying. Even today, as we're enjoying this new platform, uh, we're also being careful as we come up, guarding our steps, keeping our foot so that we, we don't trip. But that's not what Solomon is saying here. He is calling for God's people to watch their step, their spiritual step, what's going on in their hearts and their minds as they get ready to worship in the house of God. What does this involve? It involves preparation of our spiritual body as individuals to be ready to fully interact with all that takes place, all that takes place, the singing, the prayer, the, um, the giving, the preaching. We are prepared to interact in all ways in our hearts in this service. And so Solomon warns here, do not approach worship in the house of God without being ready. It's very clear here. Guard your steps. Keep your way when you go to the house of the Lord, the house of God. Be ready in these things. Even very more practical here. The, the, the picture's here, right? You can, you can even set, you can think about it as the people were going to worship in this beautiful temple that Solomon had created, that David had wanted to create. And God said, no, you're a man of war. Your son will do this. And uh, we see illustrations of it. I have some illustrations in my study Bible. And if the temple is in any way close to, uh, the illustration represents the temple in any way at all. 
it must have been a magnificent thing to come to the house of God. Not quite the way that we come to worship here at Village Chapel Baptist Church, but we should be in the same sort of awe that the Lord allows us to be in his presence and worship him at all. And so to have done the work of preparation, even before we step in these doors, allows us to what? To give God the best that he deserves. Solomon says, folks, look at this beautiful temple. This is a monument to what God deserves. So you better be prepared as you come into it to give him what he deserves. And he says to us today, even meeting here in the Knox building, we need to be prepared to give God the best that he deserves. Now, I have mentioned a man that's a friend of mine, Dr. Gary Reamers, that was my pastor and mentor for a number of years, and that listening to him give this series of messages is what really impressed upon my heart the need to understand this more fully. But I've been careful to not mention his name in all these messages, because ultimately, I want you to understand this is scripture. This isn't what I received from one man, and he would agree with that as well. And certainly, if we're talking about worship, I want you focused on, on God and not what a particular individual um, gave to me in, in, in even a helpful sense spiritually. But I will say that as we listen to his series and we continue to reflect on them, in, in application, he had some very good applications that I'll share with you that still actually convict us today. We're still trying to work through them as far as him giving illustrations in his family about how they practically did this every day. Because when do we start? Here's a question. When do we start this preparation for worship? Is it when you wake up Sunday morning? Could it be the day before? When does this start? Well, folks, ultimately, it should be building up in our hearts for the entire week. And we'll talk more about that here in just a minute. But practically, as we plan our weekends, especially looking towards Saturday, Sunday worship should be on our minds. We know that it's coming. And what are we doing even the Saturday before to prepare us to be able to worship God effectively in the way that he deserves? Dr. Reamers, when the Lord first started impressing this upon his heart, they started looking at their weekend routine. They had small children at that time. Now they're grown and have small children of their own. And they were thinking, okay, we don't want to be one of those families, like I described to you at the beginning, that are last minute getting together and, you know, trying to get each other in, in the car and they're arguing on the way to church and upset. And then they walk through the doors and we're ready to worship. No, not in their hearts, not at all. And so they begin to think through, okay, what we need to do, even Saturday night, we need to limit what we do. The, the plans that we have on Saturday evenings, they need to be done early enough so that we can get home. We can get together as a family, prepare our hearts for what we're going to be doing tomorrow, and make sure that the kids and ourselves get to bed a little earlier even. If you've ever been in an experience in a church service where, and I'm not pointing to anybody that I've seen yawning recently, because honestly, when I'm in the zone here, I'm not really paying attention to that. We all have had the experience of yawning in church over the fact that, honestly, we just didn't get the sleep that we need. And, and sometimes that just happens. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, Lord, church service is tomorrow morning. And I really need the sleep. Sometimes that happens. But there are still is. Most of the time, things that we can do 
to make sure that we get a good night's sleep. Then they would actually prepare the breakfast table uh, the night before so that all they had to do was go direct, directly there. They would eat together. The clothes were already laid out the night before. The kids knew what they were supposed to do ready. There was no fight to get into the, to the van, at least most of the time. And they were able to go to church and be able to focus on the worship service. That honestly has convicted me many times. Now, he had three girls. And I think there is a little bit of a difference in having four boys and trying to do that. But still, even as I thought and prepare for this, we've been thinking, you know, there are things that we can do as a family to even streamline things even a little more. And we've been trying to do this as well. The night before, taking some time to prepare my family for the message that they're going to hear the next day, making sure that they get to bed early. My wife and I making sure that we get to bed at a time where we know that we'll have the right amount of sleep that we need to be ready. Preparing things so we don't have to rush out the door. Are we where we want to be on this as a family? Not yet. But I could tell you, even after studying for this, I have a desire to want to be even better than where we are and continue to do that. Because, folks, we don't want to rush out the door, come to the service, feeling frustrated and hurried and all of that. We want to be ready because God deserves that. All of that, Solomon's saying, is summed up in guard your steps be careful, make sure you're ready spiritually so that you spiritually don't trip in worship. But you're able, you're able to be at your best. If you're going to give God the best that he deserves, we've got to be at our best for worship. Is it really that important? It is. Um, I had the benefit, and many of you know this, of having a Christian education growing up. Of course, that involved my parents. Um, it was important to them that I go to a Christian college. Of course, I ended up at that little college down in Pensacola, Florida, um, and studying for commercial art, graphic design. And I, I don't, I don't know that I had expectations one way or another. But when I signed on for that and they accepted me, I really had no idea for what I was signing on to as far as a, a degree and what would be expected. I expected that it wouldn't be any more difficult than any other degree that anybody else was working on. That would be the same amount of time that others would, and we'd all just be kind of the same. We'd work through it together. But what really what ended up being, because of the time factor that it takes to draw and to paint and learn these things, uh, the commercial art degree, uh, probably one of the most difficult degrees that, that you can get, even at a Christian college, is nursing because those, those nursing students are always on the go. There's always clinics and things for them to do. Those are some of the most busy people during college that I've ever seen. Commercial art actually ended up being second or third behind that because of the amount of time that you had to put into it. it, it never, you never were entirely satisfied with the amount of time that you had put into it. But as a freshman in, at a Christian college, I had a lot of learning to do about using my time wisely. And there were a few early um, a few early projects that I turned in and realized huh, I have not spent the time on this that I needed to. In fact, I'm really embarrassed. And then they would do something uh, many times they would put all of the artwork up in front of the whole class 
so that if you hadn't done your work correctly and you hadn't spent the time on it, everybody knew about it. And that was a little embarrassing too. And there were a few times where I turned it in in particular. I never felt like I had really, there were very few times I felt like I, this one's ready. I'm really happy with this. There are a couple of times though, I was embarrassed and looked at this and said, I did not prepare well for this project. And it was a learning curve for me. We can understand that, right? With college students and with kids going through high school and all these things. But folks, we really, if I can put it this way, we have something that God expects us to prepare for. Even more than a, a test or an exam, all those are important. Students know how important it is to be ready for that quiz, right, guys? Or that thing that your teacher project she has for you. But how often are we ready every Sunday morning prepared to worship in that sense? I need to be ready and make sure I'm ready to worship God well today and prepared for it. See how it gets really practical? Prepare your heart before the service. Number two, prepare yourself for participation in the service. And that's the second part of verse one here. It says, to draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. But they do not know that they are doing evil. And here Solomon says, again, we need to prepare. It's very serious so that we don't end up offering wrong worship. How is that possible? How can, how can we offer wrong worship? Because we're at a church where we have more conservative inclinations and we're, we're more careful with all that we're doing, right? We examine the music and all kinds of things to make sure that we're offering our best to the Lord. But folks, if you don't draw near to this service, ready to listen, ready to meditate, ready to worship, God has some strong language for you. He actually refers to unprepared worship as the sacrifice of fools. That's what this means here. And th that they don't even know that they're doing evil. Wrong worship can be worship here that you're giving in a service that's not prepared. You're not thinking through what you're doing. You're not thinking through what you're singing through the prayer and listening because you're tired and all of these things. And we all know what this is like. As I'm saying, this is very convicting because we all know, but many times we don't see from God's word what the strong words that God has for that type of worship that's offered. It's foolish. It's worthless if we're not prepared in our hearts. A right preparation for worship involves being ready inwardly to worship God in a thoughtful and reverent fashion, thinking through got what God's done for me this week. I'm ready to give thanks and gratitude, thinking through um, the truths of his word, meditating, being in awe, having a reverence for those things. Much worship in churches today miss that whole thing about reverence. And they don't have a proper reverence. It's, it, a lot of it's emotional. And they come out saying, oh, I felt so good today. And they may not have thought. They may have sung about God multiple times about Jesus and never really thought about him at all. Now, not all the time, but it can happen. But folks, that can happen here. This is a general warning for all of us. We need to be ready to give worship and receive the instruction for God's word that he has from this. 
And honestly, if you think about this, really, this is true. Pastor Reimers always used to say, worship should be the highlight of the week. You ever thought about that? Not the World Series, not the NFL game coming up today, not the hunting trip that I have scheduled, whatever it is. Now, none of those things, I'm not saying those things are bad, but you know what I mean. What should be the highlight of our week? It should be we get to go to worship together, worship God together as a corporate group, as a church family. That ought to excite us. And that's convicting because we many times don't have the joy and excitement that we should in the opportunity to worship the Lord together. And it should be that. We should be excited. So when we come unprepared and distracted, as Solomon describes here, we're actually offering foolish worship. And here's the problem. Here's one of the difficulties is most of the time we don't realize it. When, when we're tired, when we're not thinking through, we just think, well, God understands. He knows how difficult things were this weekend and, and, and all of the things that I've been facing. And that's true. And, and God does give much mercy. Aren't we glad that God gives much mercy for us when we're not prepared? But we shouldn't be satisfied with that because it's evil. And we don't even know or realize that when we're offering God this kind of unthoughtful, unprepared, irreverent worship, because we're not prepared in our hearts, that it's actually evil. We must be ready to hear and heed what God says. It's not just enough to participate. See, all of you today, all of us can be participating, and no one really knows for sure what's going on in the heart, but God does. And it's not enough to participate. It may not even feel like we're doing wrong because we're uninformed, but it is a worship disaster. Folks, all of us here, let's just be honest, in this particular commandment, have sinned in ignorance. But now you may not like me after the service, but now you know. No more excuses. No more excuses for me. We know how God feels about unprepared worship. And we can change with his help. So, do we carefully examine what we are offering to the Lord in our worship service? Are you prepared in attitudes, actions, and responses? Or are those blemished in some way as we worship together? Are you angry with someone? Are you irritated with someone that's keeping you from your focus on God this morning as we worship together? We need to make and we must make this worship of God our priority. We must covenant together. This is a priority, and I am going to have my focus on God today. The second aspect of this, be prepared at the beginning of corporate worship before you come. And as we begin, also preparing your hearts. Even as Suzanne uh, is playing these beautiful melodies this morning, are you being prepared? Are you thinking through what we're about to do? It's important. Prepare to be focused in your speech, or I might say in your voice, verse 2. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. We need to be ready to give thoughtful praise. Why? Why is it that important? Well, Solomon tells us, for God is in heaven, and you are on earth. And you might say, well, of course, I know that. But do you really understand the implication of that? In actuality, 
he's saying here, God is superior in his lofty position, and he deserves your reflection and preparedness. You're on earth. He's in heaven. Remember your position and submit to him and be ready to worship him. So we have to very practically ask God, Lord, help me to filter out all the the pressures of this week and influence of the world. And Lord, I'll be honest, the stain of sin. I've had sins this week that are are still on my mind that you've been working in my life about. Lord, purify me. Help me to be ready for worship today. Remove. I ask forgiveness for those sins, and I want to be ready with joy unfiltered and without distraction as much as possible to worship you. Now, I'm one that gets distracted so easily. That's one of my greatest weaknesses, I think. I've got many, but that's one of them. And even as the pastor, and especially leading, thinking through all the things that that need to happen, thinking through, uh, Suzanne always gives this wonderful um, directory of listing of the service. And I'm thinking through that, thinking what's next. And I can get so caught up in this that even I am not thinking of the message and doing what I need to do. I know how easy it is to be distracted, folks. But being distracted in worship is a sin. And we need his help. So be prepared in even our voice and what we say. Our very words in worship should reflect thoughtful praise. Now, that's real practical, isn't it? What you saying this morning, the very words, the speech, your voice that came out of your mouth, were you thinking through what you're saying? We all need help on that. Maybe some of you are able to focus a little bit better. I know that even this morning, trying to say, Lord, help me to think on these words that focus on you because it's that important. As I'm giving these words of praise, as the men are come up to pray, as the men, as we come up and read scripture, as I'm preaching, Thoughtful attention to the words that are coming out because it's that important when we worship God together. We, he deserves that kind of thoughtful reflection. So be prepared. Don't just say whatever comes to your mind. Certainly not as we're getting ready for a worship service. Don't distract somebody else with something that's on your mind that's not worshipfully focused before the service. Help others prepare. Don't be rash. Don't let your heart be hasty to just say anything before the service. Well, why? Why is that such a big deal? Because God's in heaven and we're on earth. And we need to be prepared to worship him well. Prepare to be focused in what you say in your voice. And then prepare to be focused with your mind. Now, Solomon adds this, and let's just read it. For a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. What? What does that have to do with the rest of the passage here? What what is Solomon trying to say here? Dream? Business? Well, let's look into this a little bit further, a little more. Let's let's focus here on what is going on. I think we know what a dream means, right? And, And when Solomon says dream here, he literally, most likely Hebrew word does mean a literal dream. Dream. Well, Pastor Brock, what What does that have to do with anything? In fact, last night as I was getting sleep, I'll admit to you that I dreamed. Have I done something wrong? No, because my dream was during my sleep last night where it was supposed to be. But if you come to worship and you're dreaming, you're sleeping, 
that's not reflection. That's not ready to be prepared to worship God. It really does seem that um, the king here, Solomon, is saying, whatever, when as you come to worship God, make sure that you haven't been so busy with what you've been doing and all the variety of business that goes on in our lives that you don't, that you're, if you don't come well rested and you fall asleep and you dream during the worship service. It's very clear here. We need to be well rested, not dreaming and not sleeping because we stayed up too late. Even like that illustration I gave you at the beginning, not prepared to fully engage in worship. A dream comes with much business. And again, uh, to, to even be more um, to the point on this, when we get so busy with all of the other activities, all of the other business that we have in life, we can get so busy that right up until Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning, we can still be so busy with all those other things that we literally feel like at least that we could fall asleep because we're so tired. And God says, that's not appropriate worship. You will fall asleep with much business. I think this has another aspect too. Maybe not a literal dream, but don't we many times daydream? We all know what that is. What does that mean? Having anything, other things on our mind because of our busyness rather than worshiping God with full attention. Now, I know I'm getting really close to home on this one because we all do it. So many things. We could go down a list, right? What's for dinner? What about the crock pot? Is that, did I turn that off? Um, what about that activity that I did before I came to church? You know, did I, uh, are, are, the, are the pets okay? I mean, there's so many weird things. It's just, sometimes I think during the worship service that Satan kind of brings up things that, to, to make us anxious and, and all these things to keep us from worship. And so we daydream. In other words, we let our thoughts wander rather than, focus on God like we're supposed to. When we let take our busyness and bring our busyness into church with us, I guarantee we're going to be distracted. And Solomon says, don't let it happen. A fool's voice with many words. Thoughtless, unprepared worship is foolish. It's worthless is what he's saying here. Mental distractions happen. But folks, none of us want to be caught offering a fool's worship, do we? I mean, the author makes it very clear here. True worship reveals one's reverence and awe towards God, and that is what our worship should reflect, not our distractions. So, in application, our corporate worship must be done carefully and thoughtfully with our minds and our hearts prepared beforehand to meditate on who God is and all that he has done for us. We should be ready as we come to the service to offer the best, the absolute best that we have, which includes, if we're going to do that, getting the rest we need. The day before, days before, we need to be fully engaged as we worship God together. If you're not convinced yet, Skip to verse 7 there as we close. For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. There is worthless worship. But then, convicting statement here, God is the one you must fear. Do we come ready to fear him 
and reverence him when we're ready for worship. True worship, the kind that God deserves, doesn't take place within the distractions and preoccupations of our minds, does it? That's clear. It takes premeditated thought and preparation that needs to take place before we ever get here. The day before, and folks, let's take it to the full extent, really, when should we start preparing to worship God in the worship service? As soon as we leave here. Being prepared again the whole week, especially through Saturday, and ready ourselves. Prepare yourselves to seek God's help. This is a tall order, isn't it? It's a lot that God expects, so seek his help. Ask him for help. I'll tell you, after, after coming up or, or working through this again, I asked the Lord for help. Lord, this is a tall order. Help me. Help us as a church to give you the preparation that you expect from us and the worship that you expect. We can do it with his help. Lord, a tall order, something that we all know we need to work on, or the conviction that I've had in this even recently. But Lord, we praise you for the mercy and grace that you have because if you were to correct and discipline us on this all the time that we deserve it we we'd be we'd live a painful life and a difficult life indeed thank you for your love and grace but father also we've been informed help us to follow practically and follow out these principles in our lives in what we do and even preparation and how we're dressed and what we say and all of these things as we get ready to worship you. Help us to make this the priority. Help us, honest Lord, to allow this to build to be the highlight of the week for us. Not even from a personal standpoint, that, that, but that we get to worship an all-powerful, all-sovereign, majestic God of heaven who has created us to do this. So help us to make this a priority. And we know that you will. And we look forward one day to worshiping you in a perfect way when Jesus returns. But help us to be prepared for that now as we worship together. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.